to GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. Today with me is Lauren Nelson. A little bit about Lauren. She is a mother of two and the wife of a pastor. She has over 20 years of ministry experience with children's, teens, and adults. Lauren wrote a children's book entitled Sheroes of the Bible which tells the stories of 26 heroic women from the Bible who push past their fears and watch God do the miraculous things because of their faith. Her book was recently published by Morgan James Publishing and will officially release to bookstores December 7, 2021. So for those of you who are listening and viewing this segment, make sure you put December 7th in your calendar and go out and get a copy of this book. But without further ado, I want to welcome Lauren Nelson. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Lauren. Start off by telling us a little bit more about who you are and walk us through a little glimpse of back in time to where we are now, because a bio is just a bio and there's so much more to you than what you wrote. (laughs) Yes, it's true. Well, one of the things that I, that I, that you shared in the bio was really just that um, I have a passion to share about um, courageous stories of people who've overcome fear. And for me, um, that is, has always been a huge thing in my life that um, God has overcome and continues to overcome is that spirit of fear. So for me, um, I was raised in a Christian home um, and by family who loved me, I had a mom and a dad and a twin sister and, uh, yeah, love it. And, uh, that, that was wonderful. But, you know, when we were, I had a normal childhood until, um, you know, I was around four, years old, we went to visit some family members, um, in another state and we stayed with that family. And what happened was, um, my sister and I ended up being abused while we were there, um, sexually abused by an extended family member, um, and his wife and, um, and they, they really, honestly, they just did bad things to us. They took us out of the home and, and took us in a car in the middle of the night, um, my family thought we were safe sleeping they thought we, you know, we were, you know, protected and in their care. And, uh, instead we were taken to another location and had more bad things done to us there. And so I experienced fear at a very young age. Um, so from the, from the age of four, being able to be taken out of my home, taken out of the, the place that I found safety when I was sleeping um, and taken to this place where they did do pretty horrendous things. They uh, worshipped the enemy during these during these things. So it was intense. I saw some really scary things. So for me, like a lot of, for a lot of people who experience trauma, they, especially childhood trauma, they repress it. And so for me, I repressed it. I repressed my memories because I was told if you tell anybody you're going to be killed, if you, um, or will, if you tell anyone we'll kill your family. And so, um, my sister and I both learned to, to repress it. So we didn't both start remembering until we were in middle school. And, um, when we were in middle school, for me, I'll, I'll share my own personal experience, but I, it, everything came back in uh, just 
torrential fear, so much fear that came back. Um, I, I had fear through nightmares. Um, I had memories that were coming back. I had, um, just, I was terrified to go anywhere, terrified to go walk across the street or to walk to school or to be home alone. Things that when you're in middle school, most middle schoolers love, they, they love that independence. I was terrified. Um, and so I really began to experience a lot of, like I said, fear, but also anger and a lot of shame. Um, I just felt dirty. I felt like there was something wrong with me and I felt angry at the world. And so for, for me, I pushed away my mom and my dad. I, emotionally, I pushed away my sister. Um, and I really would not let anybody in except by the grace of God, I accepted Jesus to, to be able to talk to my heart and just, and to come into my heart and speak to me. And so from a young age at, in middle school, um, he was the only one that I let into my heart. And it was largely because he was so loving and kind and, and, and unintrusive. He just knocked on the door of my heart so sweetly by, um, speaking to me through dreams, um, speaking to my heart through things like the, the Chronicles of Narnia. I would read the books and yes, and, yeah. And they just came to life. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Aslan, uh, in the Chronicles of Narnia is actually a representation of Jesus. And that's what, when C.S. Lewis wrote the book, uh, all the books, he wanted to represent Jesus to people in a new way. And so I found Jesus through Aslan and, and experiencing that feeling of being able to escape into another world. And so for me, that was a really big deal. So my relationship with Jesus was very personal, very private in middle school, all the way through high school. Um, I didn't talk about it a lot. I didn't talk about my relationship with God, but I was really close with him. In college, I came into a public relationship with Jesus because I went to an event on my college campus where a pastor was preaching and he shared the full gospel. I mean, he talked about um, everything that Jesus went through for me. And he said, I don't want people to just raise their hand. I want you to stand on your feet and make a public declaration if you are going to choose Jesus. And I didn't even, I didn't even think about it. All of a sudden I just looked around and I'm on my feet and I'm crying and I'm just, I'm fully receiving Jesus. Like I had chosen him before, but there was like this different encounter that I had with him. And from that point forward, my life was very different. I got plugged in with a church and in that church, I got prayed for by, by people who learned my testimony, learned what I had gone through and prayed with me through that fear. And they loved me through that fear. Um, they loved me it, even knowing everything that had happened to me. They loved me regardless. And that, that love was healing to me. I'd never felt so understood. I never felt so loved and so valued. Um, and so I really found my home in that church and it was just awesome. And, and that is just so amazing whenever you have that type of connection and that type of interaction with one. Some people say Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider, El Shaddai, Alpha and Omega. God is who we want him to be. But it was so important that although you went through the trials and the tribulations at a young age, you found the time to establish that vertical relationship with Christ and to 
know him personally and you were on your own spiritual journey and and while you're on your journey then you began to add in the religious side of it and do life with people who are on the same wavelength with you and it's so important that you share that and I really want to thank you for sharing that piece because vulnerability is our strength and whenever we could look at what has happened to us as also what has happened for us so we could be strengthened even though it's cruel it's gruesome we're angry and stuff it's because we're human and of course we're going to feel feel that way and especially to be discounted and discredited and taken advantage of by someone who is supposed to be our family who we're supposed to trust and have that accountability for then it just breaks all ties and it just makes you look at things in a different light and from a different perspective and vantage point and so I um really appreciate you just opening up because some people do not ever open up about those things because of the guilt, the shame, and, you know, the way that they feel. And it may take years to overcome that. But whenever you said that you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you had that personal relationship, you it's like I could hear in your story how you went through a pruning process and how things began to chip off slowly and you began to be rebirthed, renewed, refueled, rejuvenated, and you began to be who God has called you to be, you began to see yourself in a different light. And that's why I want to title this segment, Overcoming Traumas to Finding Our Shiro. Because (laughs) we all have been through some type of trauma and we all have to go through a point where we figure out for us ladies who our shiro is or are we that shiro or for the men who may be listening to this segment, who is your hero? But I feel like we all have some heroic capabilities that are lying within us that we have to voice from within to outwards. Because if we just leave one imprint, then we are making an impact in the world and being the change that we want to see. So Lauren, um, I want you to tell us, um, once you accepted your relationship with Christ and you began to go through that metamorphosis um, as a whole, and you began to gain your strength, gain that clarity, gain the wisdom, the knowledge, and the insight. Did you know right then and there that you wanted to be a voice and a beacon of light and hope for others? And did you know that you were going to write a book then? Oh, good questions. Yeah, no. So um, I definitely knew that there was something in me that God wanted to use to make a difference in this world. And I'll tell you really quickly that I have... I had many dreams uh, from the time I was little where Jesus was, was making it very clear to me. I have called you to set the captives free. I have called you to make a difference in this world. So I always had that in me knowing that even as I was breaking out of so much shame. And I loved how God just shared that calling with me when I was just so young, even like four years old, even in the midst of when all that happened, I was having these dreams of setting people free from things. And, um, so I knew God had something for me. I didn't know what it would look like. Um, I did end up marrying a pastor. And so we, um, he, you know, I experienced more love through him and more freedom and healing through that relationship. But, you know, I had a couple of kids. I have a couple of kids. I have a 13 year old girl and a nine year old son. 
um, and but when they were really little, I was feeling a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression. Um, and I think a lot of people can relate to that and add on top of that, the trauma that I had experienced as a, as a child. And I had processed through a lot of the healing spiritually, but it has a toll on your body physically as well. And it can affect your hormones and your cortisol levels and serotonin levels. And so my body was going crazy after having kids, um, and can throws it back into a new kind of trauma, right? Having kiddos is, is, is hard. And then the daily, the daily sacrifices that you make as a mom and, um, and a dad for that matter is hard as well. And so, um, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety. My kids were young and, um, I spent about two years really trapped in anxiety and depression where I just didn't want to get out of bed. I mean, I would get out of bed cause I had to, cause someone had to take care of the kids, but I was really exhausted um, I was tired all the time. I was so overwhelmed. And one night my husband said, like, let's pray. Like, like, can I pray for you? Let's ask God if he wants to speak anything to our hearts. And I was like, okay, like, sure. <laughs> um, I'm feeling real hopeless right now, but yeah, okay, let's do it. And so he prayed for me. And after a couple of minutes, he lifted up his head and he said, Lauren, I hear the Lord calling you an author. And I laughed out loud and it wasn't out of like, oh yes, Lord, I receive it. No, it was like, I, this is ridiculous. Like that is crazy talk and he must be hearing wrong. And this is nuts. And, um, but he's like, Lauren, like the Lord said, he's calling you an author. So we, you got to declare with your mouth that you're going to receive that and you, that God can do the impossible right? And, and I had never been a good writer. I had never wanted to write a book. If anyone was going to write a book, it'd be my sister. She was amazing in school, excellent writer. And so um, I, but I was like, okay, Lord, you can do the impossible. And I declare, if this is what you want to do with my life, like you be the one to do it. Well, about a year later, so I did not make this happen. It was just totally the Lord. I'm in the car on my way. Chronos time. Yes. Yes. Okay. And actually we were learning about, um, at my church, we were learning about Kairos moments. Yes. Kairos. Kairos and Kronos. So you had a Cairo moment, God appointed time, whereas the Kronos is chronological to the earth's timing. Yes. Keep on going. Yes, girl. So I did, we were learning about Kairos moments at church and my, my husband was associate pastor at the time. And so we were just kind of learning along with everybody else, what was being taught to us. It was so good. And it was about listening to what God is, is speaking, like noticing when he wants to get our attention, asking ourselves, what is God saying? And what am I going to do about it? Okay. So we were in the car on our way to church. I was, it was just me and my two kiddos and my husband was already at the church. And so, um, we were on our way and my daughter says, mom, can I ask you a question? And I, and she's seven when she asked me this. And I said, yeah, you always ask me questions. What's your question? And she said, why are boys more important than girls? And I said, what? And why would you ask that? And she said, well, it seems like God thinks that boys are more important than girls because all we learn about in church are boys. And her, her question struck me so hard. I was like, this is a Kairos moment. This is a God moment. Cause it felt like lightning. Like, you know, you just feel like, Whoa, like I'm taking it back. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I just was like, okay, there's something I'm supposed to do with this. So with Kairos moments, we're saying, God, what are you saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? So it was clear that he was, yeah, he was clear. He was saying to me, you know, there's this big question. There's your daughter is saying, it seems like God loves boys more than girls. Cause we learn about church. All we learn about church are boys. And I'd asked her, I said, well, have you heard of Ruth? And I, you know, I'm, I'm like, I know we've talked about these, you know, Esther. And she said, yeah, I've heard of them, but we just don't take the time to like go through their stories. Like we do for the, for the men of the Bible. And so I thought, well, I'm going to Google a book about women of the Bible. I'm going to just buy a book for my daughter. Like, let's do it. I only found, um, at the time there were only two books and about women of the Bible. And they, these books were very, um, they were referring to the women as princesses, which is nothing wrong with that. Some kids really relate to that, but, um, they were referring to them as princesses and they were more talking about them being like meek and mild and quiet. Well, I had never related to that. Um, God makes meek and mild and, and he, he makes that, but he also makes loud and bold and, and proud. Right. And so my daughter was loud and my daughter wasn't into princesses. She was strong-willed. She loved, you know, more heroic things. And so did I, for that matter, my favorite story in the Bible was Deborah and JL, um, and that was Deborah was a prophetess who ended up being a warrior, uh, you know, to fight against uh, their enemy that was trying to kill the Israelites. And then JL's the one who ended up killing him with a tent peg, kind of graphic, but um, <laughs> they but were I, warriors, right? They were warriors. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to teach my daughter these stories about these heroic women. Um, one of the other things that I didn't love about the books that were out at the time was that all the illustrations were Caucasian. And to me, that was incredibly um, not authentic, not accurate, not inclusive of the entire world in which we live. And so I thought, goodness, that's, that's not something that I, that I would be proud to show my daughter. So I thought, I'm going to just start to teach her these stories of the women in the Bible. And so as I did, um, I, the first one I taught her was Deborah and JL. And that's when I realized, whoa, this is kind of graphic, but she loved it. It was her favorite story. It still is. If you ask her, what's your favorite story in the Bible? She'll say Deborah and JL, um, from the, you know, from the Bible. And so, um, so I start, so I began to realize that I think other kids have the same question, even if they can't, haven't articulated it or haven't said it specifically, other kids need to know that there are strong, courageous women in the Bible who um, faced their fears. So that's, that is the biggest thing that I found when I was reading through the scriptures and reading about these women, they all had a common theme, which was they all were dealing with fears in one way or another. So Hannah, for example, terrified that she would never have children, just absolutely terrified by that. And she just said, God, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you, which is a huge statement. But she just was like, I just desperately she wanted, wanted a baby so bad. Baby. And she says, if you bless me with this baby, I will worship I would worship my baby but I will dedicate my son to you because he came from you God and then um was yeah. it and then continue oh this is so good 
I know. I love it. So she, so she does. And then she gets, she dedicates whatever happens. She says, God, I'm going to give him to you. Well, then she ends up getting pregnant. She raises him through his toddler years, raising him in her love. And so she gets to know his little personality and just loves him so much. And then it's time to bring him to the temple. And so he's probably two, three years old when she brings him to the temple. So she has just fallen in love with this child. This little Samuel is his name. And she brings him to the temple and says, God, I promised I was going to give him back to you. He is yours. And so raise him up in the temple, speak to him. He's yours. And so the Lord honors what she did, that giving up, that, that, that letting go of her fears and trusting God with her very, her thing that she loves the most in the world, which was her son. And he ended up giving her five more kids, five more. And you know, five is the number of grace. Yes. Yes, it is. And so he poured out his grace on her and she was no longer made fun of and teased for not being able to have children. Like the Lord restored that in her. And so as she sacrificed and she trusted him with her greatest fears, he um, was able to do miraculous things in her life. So that's just one example. There's um, so my, I ended up writing this book. It's called She Rose of the Bible. So it's the women heroes of the Bible. And um, there's 26 women, so 20 stories, 26 women uh, from the Bible, from the Old and the New Testaments that uh, overcame their fears and trusted God. And I just love every single one of their stories. You've got, like I said, Deborah and JL, but then you also have people that maybe you've never heard of before. I didn't. Um, Shifra and Pua, I had never heard of them. They're in the book of Exodus. They kick off the whole book and, you know, my whole Sheroes of the Bible book. They kick it off with the first chapter of, they were midwives in Egypt and they saved all these baby uh, Israelite boys who the Egyptian Pharaoh had said, kill them all, kill every single newborn baby boy in, in Israel. And they wow. said, no, I fear God more than I fear Pharaoh. We're going to do everything we can to make sure that they have a healthy. And yes, and they worked together to release all the boys and set them free because they knew that those boys had purpose on their life. And even though Pharaoh wanted to kill them, they saw beyond what Pharaoh was trying to do because Pharaoh was evil, but they were hearing from God and they knew they were there for a purpose and it was divine intervention and divine timing. But right now I feel like so full that I have to ask you this question. So I know you wrote um, the book to help your daughters, but what about helping women who are are still in fear. They don't, they don't know their confidence. They have fear from, you know, maybe a toxic relationship, abuse, trauma. Have you thought about doing a book for the adult women who need to be set free? Because we, we know that fear is false evidence appearing real, but some people don't know that. And they feel like the fear is holding them. It's gripping to them. And it's almost like, a yoke is around their neck because they can't see clearly because they are so conducive to fear and those limiting thoughts and beliefs that it that have been placed on them. And it's time for them, as Mary Mary says, um, take the shackles off my feet so I could dance. dance. <laughs> I'm just going to praise Or or there's so many other songs like um perfectly made no perfectly loved by Courtney Ramirez and mm -hmm. just all of these songs and I just 
feel like something is leading me to ask you that question because there are women out here who need to know about these women in the Bible and they need that blueprint so they could be free. They could be whole. They could be complete and they could see themselves as a masterpiece the way that God has envisioned them to be. Whether they know who God is, whether they have a relationship with him, you may be the one to plant the seed and someone else is going to come along and water it and fertilize it until the harvest is ready to be reaped. Amen. Yes. Yes. I absolutely uh, will be writing a book. (laughs) I've already started it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I am. I am really excited about it as well. I've been kind of in between. I've been kind of juggling two books right now. One is like the next edition of the Sheroes of the Faith, which will be the women heroes in history of the Christian faith. But then I also, that's another children's book though. But then I've got this, this story of my life and what I've gone through and all the things that have touched my heart through scripture, through other people's testimonies that I have. Uh, I'm about 60 pages into it. So I've been writing it for a long while and I have a huge passion to see women set free. Oh, what is that? So when you were talking about your book, I was like, I get it because I I'm an author too, Lauren, but I didn't know that. Yes, but um, I wrote my book called Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, where I'm just sharing um, about the diversity, the equity, and then the inclusion and my story. So whenever you were talking about your story, I'm like, yes, you definitely have to put it out there. And what a the, beautiful name. I love that name of your book. It says, and the bottom says, from the pit to the palace. Yes, love that. <laughs> So I thought I would just share that um, since, you know, authors have a special bond with one another. Yes. And I just want to really, really commend you for putting out She Rose in the Bible. And I am definitely going to grab a copy of that book for my niece because I want her to see that there are She Rose in the Bible. But another question I do want to ask you, Lauren, is have you worked with any of the local churches to get your book in their bookstore? So I am in Washington state. We don't have a lot of huge churches here with bookstores that I've found, um, but I have worked with them to get my book into their curriculum. Uh, So I ended up writing curriculum that goes along with it, with my book. And so that's on my website. They're both actually available now through me directly. And then they'll be available December 7th through bookstores um, everywhere. But so not the curriculum won't be available through bookstores, but it's on my website. It's a digital download. And so for me, it was really important. Like, Hey, my daughter asked me that question because she's not learning about these women in church. And so I want all these kids to learn about it. So yes, I wrote a curriculum that I I have gone to churches and I've said, Hey, consider this curriculum. It's 30 bucks for a digital download. And then the book is 20 bucks. So you just do those two together, 50 bucks, you've got 20 weeks of curriculum. Um, And so it's perfect for churches, for homeschool co-ops and such. So definitely um, am reaching out to that. But I want to really quick, if I can go back to your other question, um, briefly, just in terms of women who may be struggling with fear or dealing with that, one of the things that I heard one of my good friends tell me she was going through her own personal struggles and was meeting with the counselor um, and her counselor, it was, she was in an addiction recovery program and her counselor said this to her. He said, what's on the other side of fear? And she said, I have no idea. 
And, and he said, everything you've ever wanted, everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of that bully fear. And so one of the ways that we get to really just press through and really bust through that fear in our lives is by choosing and saying, choosing Jesus and saying yes to him, listening to those Kairos moments. This is how we get to that other side, right? To get everything we've ever wanted. It's what is that, what is God saying to me and what am I going to do about it? And it's that daily yes, that daily breaking through your own fears that gets you to the other side, to everything you've ever wanted. I could have easily heard my daughter ask me that question and said, that's a really powerful question and not done anything with it. But praise the Lord, we were learning about Kairos moments and I was like a pastor at the church. So I'm like, I got to do something about this. There's some accountability there. But I want to encourage those that are listening, men and women, that to, to when God strikes your heart and you know that there's something that he's speaking to you, really take a moment to say, what is he saying? And what am I going to do about it? Even if it's scary, because for me, going on a podcast or speaking in front of people is terrible. It was terrifying. Like I used to say, hey, would you rather die or get in front of people? Uh, I'd rather die because getting in front of people to speak was my worst fear. Well, what does the Lord have me doing? He has me speaking at all sorts of churches, all sorts of women's groups, mom's groups. I'm speaking to women all the time and just speaking to people all the time about that and getting real and raw about my testimony and what happened. So, um, which when I write my book, I'll go into a lot more detail in regards to that, but I, setting people free and experiencing freedom in Christ is, is the hugest thing. So I just want to say two things. If, if you have a relationship with Jesus, it's really just saying, God, what are you saying to me? And what am I, what am I going to do about it? If you don't have a relationship to Jesus with Jesus, the only way on the other side of that bully of fear is to receive Christ and say, yes, Jesus, I need you. I need you in my life. I need you to come and heal the deepest, darkest parts of my heart that I've gone through hard things, or I've chosen difficult paths, whatever it is. Jesus, I need you to come and cleanse and heal me. And I choose you. And I believe you died on the cross and you rose again. And I want you to be the Lord of my life. And so it's about surrender on both sides. It's surrender of your life. If you've never done that to Jesus before, but then it's also surrender. If you've given your life to Jesus, it's a surrender daily to say, I'm terrified, but you're bigger. God, you're bigger, you're greater, and you have good things for me. You want good things for me. And so that's my encouragement. I love that because we have to die to our flesh daily because sometimes, yeah. you know, the flesh wants what the flesh wants. And we live in a in a society where everyone wants things instantly, this microwave society. And sometimes right. we want to do things like on social media. We want to do things with our family members and friends. But then we know somewhere deep down in our gut that it does not align with our morals, our values and our integrity. And that's the Holy Spirit giving you discernment. So never second guess what your gut instinct is, because it's that gut instinct that is trying to protect you from something later on down the road that you may not be privy to see within the natural naked eye. So I just wanted to add that in, Lauren. And I want to really thank you so much for just pouring out 
all of your knowledge with us today. And you know, the mission of the podcast is to educate, inspire, and motivate. So I want you to leave the listeners and viewers with some gems, whether they are your top three scriptures that you like to go um, go to, or if you want to leave them with any quotes that have picked you up when you may feel blue, because we are human human, Lauren and I, and we have days where we may not feel a hundred percent, but you know, who, who knows that what's best it's the Lord, our savior. And he gives us the strength when we don't have the strength ourselves. That's right. That's right. For me, I would say one of the biggest gems for me is the book of Psalms. So when you're dealing with fear, uh, that is a incredibly encouraging book to go to. First of all, Psalm 18, that is my lifeline Psalm. I feel like that has been my story. And it, and it goes from, it, it's David's full testimony of going from feeling like he's drowning in the pit and he is dying. It says the cords of death entangled me in my distress. I called out to God and he answered me. And that talks about God reaching down from heaven, pulling him out of the waters, setting his feet on a rock. And then by the end, God is, is, is training his hands for battle. He's equipping him. And all of a sudden he's leading people and he's leading armies. And that's so God's calling for every person is to be, to go from that pit, which we've all been in the pit at some point in our life to having God lift us out of that, call us by name, say, you are mine. I love you. And, and then equip our hands to be able to do the things that he has set before us. And so I love that one. And then of course, Psalm 91 is another one that's always comforting because no matter who's falling to my right or to my left, like the Lord is with me. The Lord is with you. And so he is always with you, no matter what you're going through. If you feel like you're, you're in the pit right now, or you feel like, yeah, you remember what it was like when you were in the pit, wherever you're at, he's with you. He's with you in the trenches of motherhood um, and fatherhood and, and all the above. So I, and, and again, I feel like one of the biggest gems is what's on the other side of fear, everything you've ever wanted. And what is God asking me to do? And what am I going to do about it? What's your Kairos moment? So those are kind of the gem takeaways. And I, I didn't say, but if, um, if you guys are wanting to get a copy of the book for your kiddos to help them bust through fear, um, there is, um, there are discussion questions, devotion questions at the end of every chapter. So it helps them really reflect and process through things in their lives that maybe they might be feeling fearful of, or what, how can they take action in their lives? So you can find that on my website at Lauren or uh, Lauren, Lauren L Nelson.com. So Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, the letter L, Nelson, N-E-L-S-O-N.com. And then I'm on social media at, at She Rose of the Bible. And all of Lauren's contact information will be in the show notes. So there is no excuse for you not to plug in and connect with Lauren. Lauren, I want to thank you so much for being on GEMS with Genesis Amaris Camp. And as I like to sign out, I normally say peace love and lots of blessings listeners and viewers make sure you subscribe to the podcast on youtube for the video component and subscribe where you're listening on your choice of audio platform